Hello, you are listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. I had the honor of being on the show with Shay and wow, how authentic she is and how much I know that she wants to keep hope alive in the community. So thank you all for joining. And everyone here today, I'm offering a special to all active duty or retired military to my all access on-demand training where we learn how to dream, believe, and achieve our best life. Please visit at timlanefitness.com and I'll see you all soon. Enjoy the show. From actor and musician to becoming a nutrition coach, podcaster, author, and YouTuber, Sid Garza Hillman found his passion with nutrition and how it affected his asthma. We discuss so many things from breathing techniques, low-stress lifestyle, and even raw food. Also, we discuss how stress affects weight loss. So stay tuned for his inspiring journey. You won't want to miss it. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business by transforming trauma into a treasure. Check out my new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, how to be a spark of hope in the midst of change on my website, shaysparks.com. And while you're there, I invite you to connect with me with all the social media on my website that's listed. It's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And today, our guest is the incredible Sid Garza Hillman. Welcome to the show, Sid. Thanks, Shay. I'm really happy to be here. So, Thank you for connecting. I mean, gosh, I feel like we've been, we scheduled this a long time ago. So yep. <laughs> thanks yep. for being patient and, and no, being okay. able to get here. Yeah, no worries. It's great. It's great to be here. Yeah. Saw it on the calendar creeping up. I'm like, okay, we're almost time. Yeah. And I'm excited to have you here for, for several reasons, but one, you're an author. So of course I, I can't wait to dive in to your new book that's coming out, but really I'm, the fact that you're already a podcaster and a YouTuber, but you're also a nutritionist. And I mm-hmm. love that. I love that take. Cool. Yeah. So, so for those of you who don't know, Sid is a writer, nutritionist, podcaster, YouTuber, and he helps people truly take control of their lives through his unique small steps philosophy. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, Raising Healthy Parents, and the new upcoming book is called Six Truths. His approach is the exact opposite of quick fixes, diets, and exercise DVDs, focusing rather on long-term sustainable change, and increased self-esteem and confidence in the process. Sid is a public speaker and host of the What Sid Thinks podcast, certified nutritionist and running coach, and the founder of smallsteppers.com. He is the Stanford Inn and Resorts Wellness Program's director and race director of the Mendocino Coast 50K Trail Ultramarathon. And you can find out more about him at his website, which is smallsteppers.com and sidgarzahillman.com. Is that right, Sid? That's it. <laughs> okay. 
All right. So gosh, we have so much to dive into. So I'll just get started with the first question that I always like to ask is what does investing in people mean to you? It means to me to, to, as a coach, to help guide people to take the necessary hard work, and we can probably talk about that a lot, to invest in themselves, to learn how to, what that really means for themselves, that I, I'm maybe naive here, but I, I never tell people that I transform them, help them transform into new people. I help them get the real them emerging into the world more. So the investment mm. in people is to get to who that is, despite, in spite of how you might be living, but to really get clear about who you are, the deepness of who you are, and then getting that person out into the world more. That's the power. Mm. That is beautiful. Yeah. You mentioned hard work. So yeah, let's dive in. What does hard work look like? Well, it looks like the opposite of quick fixes. So, you know, people come to me, I'm a, I'm a breathe and now an oxygen bandage breathing coach. I'm a running coach. I'm a nutritionist. People come to me with health issues and things like that. They inevitably want to improve their lives, which is incredible. And it, and, and because they have that intense desire, they often can be swept into sort of, for sort of a quick fix model, a, you know, lose 10 pounds in 21 days kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, it sounds incredible. And the only hitch, and it's a big hitch, is that that's not really, if they look at it for just a little longer, that's not really their goal. Their goal isn't to lose 10 pounds and then that's it. They want to be somebody who is at a healthy weight. They want to yes. actually, you know, if I've ever, every time I ask a client, like, do you want to lose it and gain it back? They go, no, I want to keep it off. I go, okay, well then quick fixes won't work. The right. hard work, the hard work of this is actually sticking with something long enough, learning how to manage your stress, learning how to to live this way so that it becomes who you are. That's a completely different ballgame. And it is a lot harder work. And so it's rewarding work and it's amazing work. But living a good life in this world today is hard. And probably every other era is hard work. You have to stay engaged. That is hard work. And sometimes, you know, a quick fix seems easier and they just want to do it without a lot of that kind of stuff, but you can't get it done without it. So if I do slim for life or slim fast, remember those, uh, oh, the, yeah. The, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Jenny Craig, oh, yeah. Jenny all, Craig all, all of the, amazing. yeah. What was that? Yeah. It was the liquid diet, right? Like mm-hmm. that's oh, yeah. 15 pounds in five days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you'll, and you'll get that. You'll lose it, but you won't stay with it because you didn't learn the tools to actually live that way. And that's what, and that is the draw of those things. I get it. But my best clients are ones that come frankly, this is going to sound horrible, but exhausted. They're like, I don't yes, want to do this anymore. I've, sure. I've, done, I've, done, I've yo-yo dieted for, for 30 years. I'm not doing it anymore. I want to get it done. I want to get it done for real. I go, good, let's get some real work done now. Let's get it done for real. And it's uh, it's incredible. So I'm going to dive in. Like I'm that cl- new client. So what is the process that you take them through? Because you mentioned something that you kind of said it so fast, but I want you to really talk about is... You said oxygen and then you said breathing coach. Oh, I'm oxygen advantage. It's a specific breathing technique and I'm a certified oxygen advantage breathing instructor. Oxygen advantage. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's getting pretty well known. Actually, there's a great book by James Nestor out called breath um, or breathe breath or something. It's a great book anyway, but he takes, he looks at all the different kinds of um, breathing techniques. I'm a longtime practitioner of the Wim Hof. Uh, Yeah, I do cold therapy and breathing Mm -hmm. every day. I've been doing that for about four years. And I coach that. The reason why I mentioned it is because it's all, as I'm coaching people as a small stepper, that's really my umbrella of of its approach to health and happiness via my my particular small steps approach. Within that umbrella, there's, of course, nutritional counseling, there's running and fitness counseling, there's breathing techniques. And the reason why I do all those is all for one basic reason, which is to help people manage stress. Stress is Mm -hmm. the thing that's killing us. 
Okay. Sure. So every, everyone wants to make it all about food, but it's not. That's one part that affects our stress. But so does movement. So does socializing. So does our work stress, our family stress. All those things play in. And to help people manage those things allows them to be at a lower stress state to enable them to pursue the things that they want to pursue and also to to earn and incorporate long-term habits. Like it, You can do that in a relatively lower stress state. If you're in overwhelm, yes. you're, right? You know that. And, right, and the level right. of stress, the modern world is so heightened that it doesn't take much for us to get into overwhelm. It doesn't right. take us for us to get overloaded, overstressed. And so I have a specific approach uh, that helps people manage that a little bit better. So you're literally, when your new client comes to you, you're looking at all aspects of their life. Correct. And even socializing, you mentioned, which I'm thinking, gosh, in this pandemic, there was a huge lack of socializing. Sure. So is oh, yeah. that causing, Do you, are you seeing that as a stress in, in your clients? Is it the lack of socializing? It's, it's two things. It's in my new book, In Six Truths, one of my truths is social media ain't social. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, so, right. Yeah. So, so the pandemic took, took us out of that, but also even pre pandemic, you know, the amount of time people spend on social media uh, is tanking. When I, when I, at the time I wrote the book before, you know, we went to the publisher, uh, the, there was an article I cite in the book, the, one of the leading causes of death for kids 10 to 19 in this country is suicide. Yes. Yeah. And that's massive. And one of the contributing factors is social isolation, even though those kids are highly connected on social media, but it's not a natural existence. It's very stressful. There's a lot of vitriol on social media. As you know, I quit everything, quit all social media in mm-hmm. 2018, just as an experiment. To December wow. 2018, I literally deleted everything. I was like, can I exist without this? Mm-hmm. And my life has gotten way, I'll be, I always say, I said in the book, my career took a hit, but my happiness got a bit, got a boost. Nice. Um, I've been more productive, happier, calmer, less stressed. So socializing is right now it's, it's, it looks like social media, but that's not socializing. It's not natural for us. And so to, to get to, to, I definitely focus on that with my clients as I do with food, as I do with exercise and everything. It's one of, as creativity. It's one of those things I bring in. Also creativity is another thing I, I, I tackle <laughs> Joan Stanford, who, co-owns the Stanford Inn resort where I work. She's an art therapist. So I've learned a lot from her just in terms of how she manages that within the context of art. It's incredible what what people are able to do when they just get their hands in creative stuff and what that does to their thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super cool, right? Yeah. Well, I think it kind of gets them out of that overthinking, overanalyzing, woe is me kind of thinking that, like you mentioned, the overwhelm. For me, in my world, it's fear, right? They don't even sure. know it's fear, but it's just taken over. That's right. And they, you know, get to, to moving in a different direction when it's free flowing and not controlled. They're not trying to control. It really allows them more peace, more confidence. Oh, like you and said. I think, I, I think that's a great point. Like what you said is, it's like somebody want they, they there's two ways to do it. They can make a conscious choice. I'm going to look for a new direction or I want to find something I can be passionate about, but that's a very, and that's fine, but that's yeah. a very intentional directed thing. But you, what you were saying is when somebody gets their brain into sort of the creative realm, those same things can appear, but you're not trying so hard to get them. Exactly. You, right. You're like, you yes. kind of put that part of the side of the brain on hold. Yeah. You get into something creative, you collage something, you draw something, you play something and all of a sudden stuff comes. And that's the, to me, that's the coolest part. But people, what do they do? They go, I don't have time for creative stuff. And it's like, right. no, that's as, that's as essential as healthy eating. Yep. You know, how, how to use yeah. your mind that way. And I'm trying to help people via my approach fit all those things in, in a way that is, you know, ideal in s- small steps, how they perceive small steps, but, but in a way that brings in all those different facets and sees, and they can see how that sort of balances things out in a really cool way. 
Oh, absolutely. In fact, I'm just thinking of a, an, a product, an exercise that I do with when I uh, train leaders in person mm-hmm. is to have them, you know, I give them a set of Legos oh, in, a, cool. in a nondescript plastic bag. So they have no idea, you know, yeah. what it's supposed to look like and go yeah. here, play. And they're like, what? Play? I, I, I don't even know how to do that. And it's yeah. like, what is this? What is this supposed to look like? You tell me. Cause yeah, yeah. there is no right or wrong. It just, it just yeah. is. What and, Joan does, she, she does creative play shops. She doesn't even, mm. she doesn't really do art therapy. They're called creative play shops and people come in and she has all these different art supplies from stacks of magazines that you can cut out to crayons and markers and paper. And I mean, thousands of things and people yeah. just put something together and then they do a writing on it. Yeah. They write about it and it's a, cool thing that happens they just like it's like a journaling thing right sure. and they just they and it it inspires thoughts and it gets them to think about things that they didn't even realize they were thinking about all this kind of cool stuff happens very cool yeah. you know you're right i think we are get stuck in a box and thinking we have to to pick a direction mm-hmm. to find my passion when that just saying that pick a direction to find my passion sounds like a yeah. big oxymoron <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, and you, and, and I'm off. I, I always, I just did a, a recent podcast episode, but inde- indecision is, is mm, killer. I indecision, yes. I I title it, but indeci- indecision. So there is a, there is a certain um, truth to like, if you just are undecided, choose some random way because yeah. something will happen. At least right. if you're, if you're moving, that's when things start to happen. If you're stagnant, that's like the worst, right? When you're just stagnant you're, and you're just locked in fear, locked in indecision, nothing will break open. And, and creativity is a really good way to sort of put that on hold. Don't worry about it so much, but just start to kind of do something creative. And that kind of unlocks some things in a really cool way. Mm. Well, you are clearly a creative person because you've written three books so do you find a writing or journaling or, or, you know, anything to do with maybe typing it out, things like that? Does that help you and your creative creativity? A little, those are, you know, the, the books I've written are very like, I'm writing a book and I have it, you know, there's certain creative to, to coming up with that thing for sure. But my background is I was, before I did any of this stuff, I was a full-time uh, musician and actor in Los Angeles for 10 years. I made my living wow. as an actor, but I, okay. but I toured and put, and put out records with my band. And so I still write songs. Like I still play guitar, I still write songs. So that is a very, that's my outlet on that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I see, and I see that as a very essential like I said, essential part of my life is my, is my music. And it, you know, it was my full identity for, for many years, you know, and then when we, I finally got burnt out by it and we moved up here and I do what I do now, but it's never left. It's what it is. You know, it's, it's a big part of who I am. And I think that that's, I, I try, I have two clients right now who I'm working with to get them to create. And they're, it's weird for them because people put on, put creativity on hold, you know, but, that's, yes. but, they're, kind of, but they're kind of having fun with it. You know, yeah. I said, look, just sketch something and throw it away. There's no good, bad. It's like it, what sketch something, just ad lib something on the piano, just mess right. around, be a kid. Yes. And it's, and it's kind of such a cool thing. And they can see how that indirectly translates into weird places. Like you never know, like how your choices around food, it, it, mm. they're, it, it, it you're connected the way that we think and the way that we process and the way that we move through our lives affects wow. all the parts of our lives. It's a very cool thing to th- see that it's an argument I make. I'm like, look, you can change the way you eat by 
doing creative stuff. Wow. Because it gives you joy. It lowers your stress. It's an outlet. And all of a sudden you're not as reactive around food. You're in a different place mentally around food. Mm -hmm. Your relationship to food changes because the relationship to yourself changes. And it's just this indirect, very cool way to kind of manage that. And people, you know, they want to change food. They go to a diet. It's like, no, no, leave that alone. Do these other things. See how that affects, see how that affects what you're doing. And it's such a, it's just such a cool thing to see. What I'm hearing is really what I, you know, just totally love to coach on is stepping out of their comfort zone, try yeah. something new, something fun. Yeah. I, and I love that you're a musician and I almost started tearing up because I was like, clearly <laughs> there is an alignment here. So I grew up playing the drums and I oh just, my gosh. and I haven't Excellent. played in years, have not played in years, like a lot of years. It's been a long yeah. time since I was in school playing drums, but I just recently bought not only one of those metal drums, a uh-huh. small one that's got the little uh, tongues cut into it that makes all okay. the different sounds. Okay. Bought one of those, and I bought drumsticks for a workout. A drum, I think it's called Pound Workout. No way! Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my god, this you. is perfect, Sid. It is. It's kid, <laughs> I love it's it. Kid, it's kid play, right? It I mean, totally right? is. Yes. Yeah. Who doesn't want to bang on? Here's what stops us, and you said it yourself. It's like. They don't want to do it because what if it's, what if I can't do it well? And when you can exactly. help people coach them through like, it doesn't matter. Like I have a, I had a client one time who we did a, a, a poetry step on and she, and she, and she would write poetry, but you know, stagnant and kind of, what if it's not, I said three lines a day, three lines of poetry a day. Now, 90% of those things that she would do, she'd write three lines of poetry, no matter what. And it, what didn't, the step didn't stress her out. It wasn't a big deal. She just kind of kept it on her radar. 90% she'd throw out was it was, you know, junk and she'd kind of laugh about it, but there was that 10% mm-hmm. that she goes, it, that she would go, oh, I want to, I think I want to turn that into a poem, right? And so it's like the process of it, the daily yes. engaging on that level, yes. playing, thinking, you know, looking around in the world, writing about something, you know, taking photography, something that you step into just in little moments, just in little times and, and watch how that affects the, your overall life. It's, it's a cool thing. So she'd do three lines and then she got a sense of humor about that. It was, most of it was bad. So what? Yeah. Right. I mean, who right. cares? Right? Right. You throw it away. You throw it away. You literally throw it away. So throw nobody's going to read it. Right. <laughs> right. It's right. going to be ripped out. Nobody's going to read it, but you get to kind of keep that going every day. You have that part of your life now. And it's such a, and it does, it does change the quality of your life. I've seen it time and time again. It's super, super cool. You know, you're so spot on. I I've seen it too. So a lot of my um, listeners are in the military or they're veterans. And so everything is very structured, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're an employee and now they're not an employee or they're an employee and they're like, at the middle of their career going, I don't like this because everything has been so structured is what I have found. And it's like, okay, well, what if you don't live in those, that confinement of that, that box, that structure Mm -hmm. anymore, what else is there? And what you're describing is like, well, have fun playing to figure it out. And you don't even have to play to something that is in a different direction. You just start playing. Yes. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I you don't it. need any money. You don't need any money. You, you know, Joan, uh, to mention Joan again, but she yeah. goes outside. She'll go, she does this thing like with found things. You go outside and just pick up st- random stuff and then you come back and work with it. It doesn't That's cost awesome. anything. There's no cost to anything. You don't yeah. have to buy anything fancy, right? And I'm all for, you know, a certain amount of structure. I was a military kid. My dad was a, a retired lieutenant colonel from the Air Force, but Got it. we, then he went to the airlines and stuff. But, but I'm all for structure and I, in a, in a, I'll put it this way with the right 
ethic of self-care. I yes. always say, I always say yes. mind first, body second. So yes. it's like the right of constraint and, and structure is a good thing. The problem is, is it can be, if you don't have the, I would say the right mindset, but I don't want to make that sound bad. But if you don't have the self-care mindset, that constraint can be limiting. Yeah. If you have the right mindset of self-care, that can, that structure can be really great because it gets you moving. And, and within that structure, you can do all sorts of things like create and, and produce things. But it's not either or. It's not like, well, I have to be a live a structured life or I'm creative. No, right. you can put creativity within that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and that's, and that's, that's super cool. And even if you have a job that's kind of stagnant to bring more creativity to it, do it in a different way, bring something else to it. Some jobs you can't, if you're just on a factory line, let's say, but there's other jobs that you can bring, bring a creativity to that maybe you didn't think about before. And that can help. And that's, that can, again, make you feel happier in your life and more, more meaningful. Mm, so true. And, you know, you're absolutely right. You don't have to be creative and structure or structured. You can be both. Yeah. So what advice would you have for someone who's sitting, who's listening to this going, I don't have a creative bone in my body. So what do I do about that? Well, I think we, you do. I mean, as a running coach, people go, oh, I'm not a runner. I can never run. It's like, no, human beings are runners. We're the best runners in the world. We're the best endurance runners in the world. Not the fastest, but we can run the longest. And that's pretty much hands down. We're runners. If you run, you know, if you don't know how to run because you, because we've gotten away from our natural sort of thing. Yeah. You can get injured if you don't know how to do it well. And so find out how to do it well. That's why I coach people in running. We're creative. Sorry, but we are. We are creative. Every human being is creative. Look at what we have done in our history with yes. making, making tools and figuring out solutions and things. Exactly. But we get in ruts and we get in routines and we haven't tapped that. And it's been, but it's there. It ain't, it ain't gone. And so even something as simple as a pencil and paper and sketching something, doodling, you know, with with intention, you know, sitting down and saying, I'm going to, you yeah. know, doodle and create something. It's there picking up an instrument and messing around with it. You know, just, just something fun, dancing to music in your living room, just dancing in private, put the shades down. Nobody can see you dance in the weirdest, goofiest way and have fun with it. Yeah. Actually that's to me, that's exercise. I've started. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, started, I, yeah. Client who hate exercise. I hate exercise. I go dance in your dance. living room for yes. crying out loud. Tell me that's I, not fun for I anybody, do it every day. Right? Exactly. So it's creative and it's exercise, right? Yep. It's there. We have that silly creative part of us. We, every human being, sorry, but we're all related and we, we have that, we have that in us and it's just a matter of getting it out. It's just a matter of kind of letting that out a little bit, just a little bit, you know, not to freak anybody out, just a little bit and then see where it goes after that. Yeah, I agree. So take us back to your your time of change of transition from being the actor and the, the musician to now becoming this coach, author, podcaster, speaker, you know, what, what shifted for you? Well, I would say it was a long transition. I, I grad, well, so my bachelor's degrees in philosophy, I went to UCLA and my wife did too, actually, but we, I graduated in 91 and I was pursuing right away i always joked that my philosophy degree prepared me well to pursue a music career <laughs> because <laughs> I there was another other, i don't know what else to do about that. right Anyways, exactly so, so that i was playing gigs at night and i was tutoring kids part-time and working at, at ucla as in the audiovisual department just kind of gigging at night and i was a lifelong asthmatic and mm. my a, a friend of mine handed me a, a book on nutrition and diet i read it they made a correlation with 
at asthma. I made a dietary change. My asthma went away for the first time ever. Wow. Um, has never come back. So even though I continued with music, then fell, kind of fell into acting and, and started making a living. I don't even know how that happened, but started making a living <laughs> as a working actor in LA with TV and commercials and things, but reading book after book and nutrition. So it was always a side passion of like, wow, that is insane that that helped me. And as a singer, yes. I really appreciated that because I didn't have to walk around with an inhaler anymore and feel good. And so when I finally really wanted to get out of LA. My wife and I had kind of, we had a, our, our first ch child at the time who was very young, but we were like, I think we've got to get that LA. It was just getting too crazy. Mm -hmm. So we moved to this little town. And honestly, I was like, I've been reading on this stuff for years. I really love it. I'm going to go back to school. So I went back to school and became a nutritionist. And mm -hmm. then within a few months, I realized my frustration that people weren't sticking with my nutritional recommendations. They would go all in for about a month and then burn out. And so within two or three months, I was like, I got to do this in a different way. And that's when I started crafting my small steps approach and wrote my first book and launched my podcast. And it was, that was it. I was like, I found my place. And yeah. your passion. And my passion. Yeah, I loved it. I was yeah. like, this is what I want to do. I really, really yeah. love it. And it's just kind of expanded from there. I love it. So yeah. you found certain foods trigger your asthma. Yeah. When I gave those foods up, it went away and within a month. I mean, with wow, isn't that amazing? Uh, oh yeah, no, just like yeah. that. And my dad, my dad, seventy-two years old, made the same. He goes, "Ah, oh, what?" Because he's an asthmatic, right? There's the mm -hmm. family thing. His asthma gone at seventy-two years old. His siblings were all still huffing inhalers, you know. So it's wow. it's it's pretty incredible. And it's you know it's one of the factors. I always say I'm not a all in on food as a nutritionist. It's one of the factors. People can eat healthy diets and still be unhealthy if their stress levels are you know not maintained well. Sure, but it's a huge factor. You know, it's a huge factor. And so for me, it was like to show to see that concretely affect my life in that way it was pretty cool. And I wanted to be able to hopefully help others do the same thing. What a beautiful gift. Right. Oh. You're, yeah. You're able to overcome the obstacle yourself and yes. then by investing in yourself. Right. Yes. And right. now you that get to help, it. you get to help other people. It just naturally and overflows. And how cool that is. My, you know, my, yes. raising healthy, my raising healthy parents book is about parents taking care of themselves first, because look what happens when you invest in yourself. Right. People said, you wrote a parenting book. You know, like, why are you, well, how do you have credit to write a parenting book? I said, I didn't write a parenting book. I didn't tell people how to parent their kids. I did say, if you can learn to manage your own stress, you can parent your kids the way you want to. Yes. Okay. If, you're, if you're stressed and tired and irritable, you're not going to be the parent you want to be. So you got to take care of your invest. Like, you, you know, you nailed it. Invest yourself first. It seems selfish. It's the least selfish thing you can do because it helps other people when you feel better. That's just per period. It helps other people when you feel strong and powerful and healthy and vibrant, you will do better work in the world. And that is, it, we cannot put our lives on hold. We can't do it if we want to, you know, if we want to help other people. So true. So true. Many years ago, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and they said, oh, we can put you on a cocktail of uh, oh, yeah. painkillers, antidepressants and sleeping pills. And I was like, no, thanks. Peace out. And so yeah, I went, yeah. to a, went to an acupuncturist immediately and, you know, she's like, you eat raw fruits and vegetables and salad. And I was like, yeah, she said, you have to stop. You mm. need to switch to cooked. Oh, yeah. Fruits yeah, and vegetables. Don't have the digestion. Yeah. They don't have the digestion. Yeah. Totally blows me away. Yeah. And I'm like, when I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not retaining as much water. Yeah. I don't have as much inflammation in my system. My pain went away. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's incredible. I now I, you know, there's a pill every five seconds on the, you know, commercials for TV. Oh, Although yeah. I, I don't oh, watch yeah. TV anymore. But when I did, when yeah. I did, I was like, God, why can't they promote something else? Yeah. Well, because not, not as much money in, you know, eat well. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's exactly. more, more, more money in a pill. Yeah. Yeah. So as a nutritionist, are you proponent of going in one di- direction, like say for paleo or vegan or vegetarian or keto or anything like that? Or are you more like, no, you really help each person individually for best what's best for them? I do think that there's a diet that, that given our biology, and I've done a lot of, uh, Jeff, actually Jeff Stanford, funny, I keep mentioning the Stanford, but he's an anthropologist. So we've had lots of talk up to sort of that, yeah. that end of things. I've done a lot of research over the years in terms of our, our bodies, our human bodies, biology, in terms of biology. So I have a, a definitely a certain philosophy of nutrition, and that is based on plants that are not processed. So right. people people sort of compare vegan to paleo, which is a weird thing because p- vegan is only what not to eat. But, but, but Coca-Cola and French fries are vegan. So a lot right. of people go, Oh, I knew a vegan. They weren't healthy. I go, yeah, probably. Cause whiskey is vegan. So right. who knows? Right. right. Yeah. But, right. It, but so I really try to get away from the labels. We, but we thrive on, on whole plants. We, mm. we do our bodies are tuned to whole plants, but more importantly, these days, the research doing in, in gut bacteria mm-hmm. is huge inflammatory yeah. wise, sleep yep. wise, mood wise, weight management wise. And the good gut bacteria feeds on one thing and only, and that is fiber. Mm. Fiber is what feeds that gut bacteria. And there's only one thing that has fiber and that's whole plants. So if you look at our biology, our length of our intestines, our st- acid in our stomachs, the enzyme in our mouths that mm-hmm. digest carbohydrate, whole plants is where it's at. And so I try, but because I'm a, really a stress management under that thing, I don't eat hundred percent healthy. And I want to make sure people don't get militant around food. And this is the thing, like I always, I call it MOT most of the time. It's what okay. you eat most of the time. So I don't eat hundred percent healthy. I have a balance. I eat most of the time healthy. My kids, mm-hmm. my wife, we all eat most of the time healthy. And then we have less than healthy treats. And that's kind of where I'm at because I really don't want somebody to get militant and stressed around food, which is happening. As I was speaking around the country before COVID, I saw more and more of this. I thought, oh my gosh, what's happening here, right? Yeah. People locked in with rules and regulations, self-imposed. Yeah. Com- they talk about compliance. It's not compliant. I go, oh my gosh, what is, you know, gorillas are eating leaves going, you guys are crazy, you know? And, <laughs> and I, like they're just muscle bound eating plants. Right. I don't know why you guys are getting hung, hung up on, you know, billions of dollars of pills, right? right. So, so really, I'm very careful when I teach people is like, look, I'm going to teach you. But this doesn't mean you go home and you all of a sudden can't go out the door because you can't have something a little less than healthy because that's going to take you down. Right. At the end of the day, that stress will take you down. Mm. So it's 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 really ultimately for me how to manage stress within yeah. that. Healthy eating is a great way to manage stress if you don't get militant about it. But again, that's mind first. Right? Yes, yes, yes. And I love that that's your approach rather than the these are the five foods that you can eat only no, and you can't oh do gosh. any of that. I don't, don't know. I mean, I see. These I love books that. I love the book and the information of the book's amazing. And then sure enough, at the end. You know, th- these foods every day, it's like, oh, here we go. And yeah. people call me and they go, I'm st- what if I don't eat? I go, oh, you're going to be f- like, our bodies are so adaptable. And like your thing about the raw produce, raw produce is amazing. But if yeah. your digestion isn't functioning, right. guess what? Guess what weakens digestion? Stress. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've worked with people who have, they come to me about they're having health issues. They want me to tell them their diet's horrible. I go, your diet's actually pretty darn good. You're not digesting it. Your stress is through the roof. You're a lawyer working 80 hours a week. That's your issue. Your diet is pretty good. I can tweak it a little bit, but until you ma- figure out a way to manage your stress within that life that you're living, 
you're not going to be getting food out of the food. You know, it's going to be going right through you. Yeah. So there's a, it's a little more complicated in the modern world, but true and true is, you know, we, we thrive when we eat the higher nutrition foods, which are whole, whole plants. They have the most of the vitamins and minerals, all the things that help our bodies function. They're found more per calorie in, in the whole plant world. And that's fine, but you don't have to do it militantly. Well, you hit the nail on the head. It was my stress. I was actually in an abusive relationship at the time. So yeah, my stress was through the roof. Yeah. And I totally agree with you that it's really about what's going on in our gut and gut health is so important. And I've known this for years that our second, second, and if not first brain is actually yeah. in our gut, right? Heck yeah. Oh yeah. Full communication through the vagus nerve. And this is what's interesting is that the breathing technique I'm doing, I'm teaching right now uh-huh. is it helps stimulate that vagus nerve. What does the vagus nerve do? It's the parasympathetic. It's the rest and digest side of our, mm. uh, of our autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. Sympathetic is kind of where we're living a little bit more. It's the fight or flight. It's subtle. Yep. We're not all panic, but we're kind of right. in that realm more and, and helping breathe in a, in a functional way helps stimulate that vagal turn to yeah. a tone and, and that communicates directly with the gut bacteria, the vagus nerve, directly with the gut. It's, it's 90% of the communication between the, vein, the brain and the, va- and the bacteria is from the bacteria to the brain. Mm. 90% of the information goes from the bacteria to the brain via the vagus nerve. It's crazy. And, and it's all stimulated by breath. A large part is stimulated by breath. Yes, wow. it is a long extended exhale is, a, is one of the ways to, mm. to, to increase what they call vagal tone. And there's other methods too, but, but functional people are over-breathing in the modern world. We're breathing a little too shallow and a little too mm-hmm. often and to slow that down. And it's, you know, I don't want to go too deep on this, but it's, it's incredible to see the transformation with people as I'm breathing, you know, coaching them, breathe anxiety going down. Mm-hmm. And that feeds when your yeah. anxiety is down, all of a sudden your food choices are a little bit better because you're not so going to food so much about yes. stress, right? And your, yes. and your relationships are better because you're not as stressed. All these things, you know, and it's kind of cool. And so to kind of come at it from different different directions is is really is really cool. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And you're so spot on about the breathing too, because you know it's not it's, it might not show up as fight or flight or freeze coming from the fear that I coach in. It's, it's literally like we talked about in the very beginning. It's the overthinking. It's the overanalyzing. Yes. Right. It's maybe eating, you know, three cookies instead of one. You yes. know, there's there's all these like little nuances mm-hmm. on how that shows and how fear will show up. But just like you said, your parasympathetic system is working and you don't even, I mean, it's, it's not controllable, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. helps with the breath, it allows you to be able to move forward proactively rather than, you know, in this fight or flight or fear of what am I going to do next? I yeah, love or it. Re- yeah, re- yeah, it's like active versus reactive. Yes. You know, when I, when I coach people, we, you know, and we get into the food conversation, you know, I, I tell people, it's like, I don't want you to, to not be able to eat chips. I, when, I, when I want somebody to text me, one of my things I do with clients is they text me before they eat anything because I want the awareness there. I don't comment on what they're eating. So if they go, I'm about to eat chips. I don't go, Oh, really? You shouldn't eat those chips. I just want them to be there for it because then, because then it's not a reaction. Then they actually get to make a choice about it. If they, Mm -hmm. then they get to say like, you know, I actually don't really want the darn chips because sometimes we don't. And they go, I don't want it. And then they feel good about the choice they made. Sometimes they also go, you know, I do want the chips. I eat well most of the time. And this is going to be a treat. I'm going to enjoy it. And guess what happens? They don't beat themselves up about it. It's a choice. Yeah. Right. So we, if I can help them make choices about these, the, the food, then there's no regret either way. They either have it and enjoy it or they don't have it and enjoy that choice too. 
and they're, and they're fine that way. And so it's, again, like action versus reaction. If I can help people become more active in their lives, making more choices in their lives and less reactions, that's the name of the game. The fight or flight thing, the sympathetic side of the nervous system is the, is the reactive fear-based kind of reactive thing. It's not a yeah, choice. Right. The parasympathetics melds that out and you can make more choices and then you get the life you you get closer to the life you want to live. Right. Yeah. And you get of all that perfection thing, you get closer and that's, that's the best we can ask for. Absolutely. And I do, it's funny you said about the long exhale. I do breathing techniques and I didn't even know I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> all, all through the nose, by the way. Yeah. 100% through the nose, in and out Love through the it. nose. I'm so crazy. I call it nutty nut nut, but I've been taping my mouth shut for about five months at night because I was, wow. a mouth, I was a mouth breather for my whole life. And the research and the science on this is darn sound, I got to tell you. And so I Tape, I've been taping my mouth shut and training my, it took a few weeks for me to be able to make it through the night. I'd wake up middle of the night and take the tape off. Cause it was, I just felt like I was not breathing, you know, enough. Mm-hmm. And then within about a month, I make it all through the night. No, no problem. I wake up, take the tape off and, and I'm breathing through my sleep's gotten better. Um, I was going to ask, so what were yeah. the benefits of doing that? Your sleep improves. You okay. better better rate of deep, the deep sleep, the NREM level mm. sleep, which, which is increased less times getting up to the bathroom, even dental health without your mouth open is uh, less sensitivity in the gums and things like that. But also snoring goes away almost entirely. Mm, wow. Yeah. And that's happened with multiple clients now. They're like, my wife is super happy because <laughs> 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 the snoring just, it almost disappears. There's like a, maybe a little bit, but it almost huh. goes away in most, in most cases it goes away and it's just a more efficient way to sleep. It's, it's really, the thing is, it's really how we evolve. This is not new stuff. This is returning to our more natural way of, of doing things. We're, no, we're nasal breathers. Unless we are highly under stress or sprinting, you know, like elite athlete kind of mm-hmm. models, mm-hmm. That's, you'll dive into a little bit of mouth breathing on that level. But for most people day to day, in and out through the nose entirely. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So do you find anyone who has, they snore through their nose and not their mouth? No, there's a very small percentage of people who will snore in nasal, in only nasal only breathing, but it's almost, it's, it's, it's very, very small percentage. Most people mm. are breathing from, from a combination of mouth and nose mm-hmm. with the mouth open. And when you close the mouth and they get to transition into the, na- to the nose, the snoring goes away in most cases. I'm pretty sure on that little tiny percentage. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you yeah. should, you should try try taping your mouth shut there's you know easy yes, to come off and stuff and, and fascinating see, yeah because it, you you might be breathing through your mouth at some points during the night and not know interesting yeah. so interesting yeah i'm gonna do i'm gonna try that yeah. and then when i wake up and can't breathe i'll be like said you're gonna call me because that, that was the worst sleep i've ever had no it, t- it, t- it yeah. takes a little while you know like sometimes for the first few nights i did i wake up three hours later and i'd be like whoa and I, so i take the tape off i just took my time and all of a sudden yeah. three hours turned into six and then i was like making it through the night no problem nice you know, so, yeah well i love that you have the accountability piece and yet you're not beating them up because they've wanted to treat themselves to chips or cheesecake or what have you. You're just allowing them to be more aware of what they're doing. That is a huge component because I think so many times we get on autopilot and we get stressed and then boom, we go straight to the beeline of whatever our comfort food is, chips, salty, crunchy, or sweet, right? That's That's normally they're never carrots. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, the yeah, stress yeah. is never like, binge. oh, I can't wait to have carrots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, it's still, it's still, yeah, I want the awareness. I call my, my core strategy, I call awareness-based habit change. 
So I can put, you know, people can go on a diet, but look at the, there's no awareness there. If you think right. of it, this isn't a diss, but you go on a diet where you, you're subsumed with that diet. You got your shopping list and your recipes and day one and day four and day seven and yes. so on and so forth. You're deep in that thing. Yes. The problem is, is because there's no awareness you're doing exactly what you're told to do. You'll get the physical benefit. You'll get the weight loss if that's your deal. But once that diet's over, the reason why almost hundred percent of diets fails because you haven't had the tools you haven't been learning the tools to continue to make it a habit. Yeah. So that is awareness. And that's where I go first. I want, be, you know, I'll look when they have questions about nutrition, I'll answer those questions, but I'm looking toward new awareness first. I, I need them. I need their stress managed. I need them to have their stress managed in a way that they're more aware, more engaged in their life. Then the say the stage is set for changes they might want to make in the way they eat or the way they exercise or the way they relate to their spouses, the way they declutter their houses. I mean, all these kinds of things occur, mm -hmm. but first I need them to be in a place where they can learn how to find moments of taking that deep breath, of taking it easy, even in a very busy way of going for a 30 second walk, little moments to, to reground, then mm -hmm. you're setting the stage, but that takes time. And that's the hard work that you started off our conversation with. That's the hard work of this because they want it, but I want the weight loss. I go, you're going to get it, but right. you don't want to gain it back. So if you don't want to gain it back, this is what it takes. Mm. It takes thinking and awareness and engagement. When you get that habit set in, then you can apply it to how, where, wherever you want to. It's the coolest thing ever because then it's limitless, right? Yes. Then it's like, I want to learn guitar. How do I do this in a way that's not going to overwhelm me? I want to eat better. How do I do this in a way that's not going to overwhelm me? Yeah. And it's, there's that ethic of self-care that, that is behind everything that you do. Yeah. One of the things I do, I love, I love that you're talking about this, about being self-aware. One of the things that I do with my coaching is really help people be more self-aware when I'm asking them, how are they feeling? And most people are like, fine, good, not great. It's like, okay, so what is not good? What is fine? What is not great? You know? And they're like, one word answers, mad, sad, glad. And it's like, okay, what else? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, what? So yeah, yeah. it's so interesting to come to talk to someone else who finds that clients are, are people in general are literally just on autopilot. We are yes. just going through the day, not yeah. even paying attention to not only how we're feeling, what our stress level is, but what we're putting in our mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or even how we're breathing, even, even how we're breathing, how we're, how we're moving. Yeah. Or not moving. It's, it is, we get, and I, and I mean, don't you get it though? It's the absolutely life is, we're stressed. It's, yeah. right? it's it, so, so that's our job is to help people like, okay, I get it. I understand it. And I'm there too sometimes, but it doesn't change the fact that to live better, to be the better version of that you want to be of yourself means you got to pay attention. You can't mm -hmm. put that on hold. You can't go onto autopilot. You just can't do that. You have to stay engaged. And that, and that, and, and I'll ask you this. I, I just did, just did a podcast episode on this very thing. Yeah. Have you noticed in your coaching that this lack of awareness with your with your people. And again, this isn't like they're so not aware. It's like we're busy, like, right? That's why people Absolutely. hire coaches. But how many times have you noticed this? They're so in the getting through the day thing, they don't even aren't even aware of the wins. They're not even giving themselves credit for the things yes. that they're taking butt on. And, yes. and, and, and that's what in my my clients right now, I'm like, you won that battle. You're not even giving yourself credit for that. You're beating yourself up for the thing you did five minutes later, but you never gave yourself credit for the thing that you won. And, and, exactly. and that feeds on itself. So part of my coaching is to steer them to like, look yes. at the things you did. I don't want to talk about things you didn't do. I yes. don't care. Because we're, we're trying to make more 
wins than losses. So let's yes. focus just on the wins. What did you do? What did you do? Why did you do that? How'd you do that? That's kind of cool. And then it feeds into itself, right? But that lack of awareness is like, we're beating ourselves up and we don't even deserve it half the time. We're doing pretty darn good. And we don't even know that we're doing good because we're so busy, right? I totally agree with you. And in fact, I am on social media. So I changed yeah. what I do on Wednesdays and Thursdays years ago. Thankful Thursdays. What are you thankful oh, cool. for? Because people yeah. want to focus on the complaining and the negative, of right? Of and then on Wednesdays, I changed the way I spelled Wednesday and to Wednesday. Oh, yeah, there you go. And let's celebrate your wins. Yeah. And it's it's so mind blowing. Even when I do it to myself, like acknowledge what you've done so far. Like, what are your how how can you acknowledge yourself for what you've done just today? Yeah. And it's like what. Why yeah. would I acknowledge myself? Because as society, yeah. we've taught, oh, you don't want to get, you know, too big of ego or whatever, but yeah. we're bulldozed through those so quickly yeah. Yeah. and focus yeah. on the next thing or focus on the, like you said, the thing that we didn't do great. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Yes. We have to focus on celebrating the wins. Yeah. We and, love and, that and, you I, do that. Yeah, and it all feeds into this idea of perfection. We we're so mad that we can't <laughs> live perfectly. So we focus yes. on that one screw up. Yeah. And at the expense of the 99 wins we did because right. we wanted it to be a hundred. It's like, what, on what planet did you, right? And yeah. so perfection is such a funny thing. It's like, if you want to be a perfect human being, you're going to be imperfect because humans are imperfect. So the yeah. perfect, so it's a weird thing that we think to be a perfect human being means being a robot. That we're not robots. So if, to be perfect, if you want to even talk about it means making mistakes, the question is, how do you respond to them? How do you move on from them? How do you learn from them? And yes. that's a focus on your ability and your strength and your, and your ability to, to, to make changes and improve your life. But to focus on that negative, oh, 99 wins, but look at that one thing I didn't do right. Yeah. Amazing day. 99 wins. Are you kidding me? That's the best. You, yeah. you did it. You did it. You won the day. Right. And yes. we, we still focused on that one thing. So it's a mindset issue. I mean, that's why I people totally are agree. part of it is just our ability to have a little perspective and then on their lives so that then we can translate then to them having perspective on their own lives and then they don't need us anymore. And that's pretty ideal. Hmm. Well, clearly said we could talk for hours. We could. <laughs> <laughs> I love, love, love this. And uh, we're getting ready. We're coming to a close time. Our time is nearing end, but I want people to be able to connect with you. So where, please tell us of your websites again and, and the names of your books. And we didn't get to talk about your new book that's coming out. So, you know, let's talk about that as well before we go. Okay. Well, the my main site is SidGarzaHillman.com. It's being switched over, upgraded to a new site. So it, it, it'll be there, but it might be in transition. Anyways, my online program is smallsteppers.com. There's a free six-part video you can check out and learn a ton just by that. My private coaching model is called smallstepintensive.com. And that's a 12-week and people can go on that site and they can book a call with me just to see what it's about. It's a free call. There's no charge on that. But anyways, smallstepintensive.com. And the new book is called Six Truths, Live By These Truths and Be Happy, Don't, and You Won't. And uh, that's out like any day now one one podcast yeah. listener got his copy and i was like i haven't even seen i haven't literally haven't seen the book he oh, got no. his copy. I, go, I go i go can you i go can you send a photo because I, I actually have i actually haven't held the book he goes i got my copy i go lucky for you anyway so the publisher is supposedly sending me copies right now but anyway so yeah that's out like impending any day now awesome that's exciting and by the time we get this out i know it'll be out so they cool. can get all of your books on amazon 
Yeah, bookstores. He got his from his independent bookstore. It's 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 you know distributed worldwide and yeah. you know publish the new ones publisher publishers group West and and that's the publisher. But yeah, so any go to your indie bookstore or Barnes and Noble or Amazon. It's all there. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's been a joy and an honor to have Me you too. here. So thank Me you. And How cool I- the, the world is. We can find like minds and uh, yes. uh, randomly we never would, especially in a pandemic. So this I is, know uh, this, this is, is awesome. And we'll definitely have to connect again and stay in touch. So. Even if you're not on social media, we'll definitely have to stay in touch for well, sure. Well, there's always email, isn't there? And yes. there's letter writing. You can the, write the, the letter. <laughs> yes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and Zoom. So, anyway. And Zoom. For yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. So before you leave, please, yes. I always like to leave with this question. So what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the quote in front of me, but there, I reread a book called Jitterbug Perfume by Tom Robbins. And in that mm. book, and it's just a fun novel and I really love it. But anyway, so I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to paraphrase this. So apologies, Tom. Anyways, but it's, it's, you have to prepare your mind for wisdom. Mm. And I've been thinking about a lot of that, about that. Just you, it's wisdom's there, but you got to prepare your mind for it. And I thought that was a really cool way to say like, listen, you gotta, it's the thinking first. And then when the wisdom comes, you can, process it and use it and make it use it for your, you know, to make your life better, but it's mine first. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Mine kind of goes along with that. Cause it's literally right now in the moment of what I have been uh, researching is the, uh, Ho'oponopono. Okay. And it has four mantras. It's, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. There you go. And it's about preparing. Yes. Being pre- ready. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's where the hard work is, but that's where the happiness is too. So, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Sid. This was so fun and um, we will definitely be in touch. We'll definitely awesome. be emailing and writing li- like literally handwritten there you letters. Go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so nice to meet you, Shay. Thanks for your time. Thank you. All right. And thank you for listening to The Power of Investing in P- People with Shay Sparks. If you've enjoyed this episode, because I know you did, please, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And that would really help us out. And while you're at it, go over to Amazon and get Sid's book because it sounds freaking amazing. I know I'm going to have to check it out myself. And until next time, let's get fired up. Don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.